sisters, we have come in one accord to worship and adore you like we never have before. We want to know you now in a new 
as you worship. For you, Lord, let your glory to this place. Let your glory fill this place. Let your glory fill this place, Lord. Let your glory fill this place. Mighty God, come and fill your holy temple, consuming fire fall. Let your glory fill this place, mighty God. Sing that again. Let your glory fill. Let your glory fill this place. Let your glory fill. Let your glory fill this place, mighty God. Come and fill your holy temple, consuming fire fall. Let your glory fill this place, mighty God. Send down your glory, Lord. Let your glory fill this place. Let your glory. It's the blood, the blood 
that tonight song says it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley it goes back into the scripture where it says there's no place there's no place as high as you can go if I go to the heavens you are there if I make my bed in hell you behold you are there you cannot you cannot run from him he's always aware and he knows who where you are he knows what's going on in your life. There are no surprises. I wrote this down in my notes for tonight. There's no surprises with God. How many of you know that? No surprises with Him. And He's a God who can take care of you. He knows right where you are. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 1 says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison. He found himself in trouble. And the Lord said to him, the maker, the Lord that formed thee, thus says the Lord, to establish it, the Lord is his name, call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. That's his word. We said this morning, you can count on his promise. He says, call on me, and I will answer thee. Now, how many of you know we don't always like the answer? It doesn't always fit in with our fleshly desires, right? Our wants. Sometimes we do it our own way or we figure it out another path. But 
how many of you know we may not always understand his ways, but his ways are always right. Always right. God has everything under control. Before Brian comes to receive our offering tonight, I wanted to have a, a moment and a word of prayer. This morning you, you went with me before the Lord to take gentlemen and Rob Levins into prayer who's down at University Hospital. Just received word about an hour ago that Rob has went on to be with the Lord. You know, I, I talked to Bob as he was in the car, Hardesty, his brother-in-law. As he was headed down to the hospital and they picked up the three boys and they were headed there. And my heart was broken. and You'll have to forgive me tonight, but this is a very, very beautiful family. And I shared with someone on the way in tonight that I really wanted to be on the highway going to University Hospital tonight, but I know this is where I need to be and I'll take care of the responsibility of this service, but my heart is hurting tonight along with their family, the Hardesties, Elaine, Bob, and all of the family, the three boys, but mostly Chris, Chris Blevins, lady sits right over here, loves to worship the Lord, she'd be here except that now she's dealing with this sudden turn in her life. I want us to pray for the family. You know, we prayed for Rob, and someone might say, well, what happened? You know, talking to Bob on the way down in the car, he said, yeah, you know, God chose to heal him another way. And we believe that, don't we? I found this humorously true several years ago. Andrew, I... I thought we spend, we sure spend a whole lot of time praying people out of a place we all want to go. How many of you know Rob Blevins is excited and happy and joyful and dancing and running the streets tonight? He's only been there about an hour, and man, he is already taking in all the sights. So our sorrow and our grief is not for him, but it's for the family, those that are left, that right now are dealing with the devastation grief and the sorrow. So I want us to lift Chris up and the three boys. I want us to pray for that entire family and for our church because they were active and good part of us. So would you right now, would you just help me to pray and take this family before the Lord. Father, as we come before you, Lord, I pray that you will touch Chris and the family, that you'll minister to those boys, that your grace and love will be with them, your comfort in this time. God, we trust you. We look to you, we understand and we know, Lord, that you are sovereign, that God, you have the best interest in mind for all of us. And Lord, this was what was right for Rob. And we believe that as he stands in your presence right now. But Lord, we pray comfort and strength for the family that remains. I pray that you'll bring God such peace into their hearts right now, that you'll calm the storm that rages in their minds even in this very moment, touch them in the name of Jesus. As their church family, Lord, we embrace them. We love them. We honor you by praying for them and lifting them up, asking you to be a guard and a protection over their spirit. We pray this tonight in the mighty name of Jesus, especially over the days ahead, the difficult days that lie ahead. We ask you to touch them, minister your strength and your grace to them. We ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said amen. 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 Thank you. God bless you. You may be seated.
Our ushers will be coming forward to assist us as we continue in our worship this evening. We've come tonight on purpose. We've come to worship, to fill this place with praise, to give and to celebrate the one who is worthy. We are not to let anything keep us from this. No matter what's going on in our lives, no matter what situations we are facing, what trials we may have, no matter how depressed or discouraged we may be, we should be able to come into his house and lift our hands up and praise him because he has complete authority and control over whatever's going on in our life. His word says that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. So no matter what is going on in your life tonight, you can rest assured with your hands lifted up to heaven as you open your hearts and you give to him tonight that he is in complete control. Somehow, some way, in his time, he's going to deliver you from your situation. All we need to be is faithful and fill this place with glory and lift him his name up on high. So let's pray tonight that he would have his way, that he would receive all glory and all praise and all worship because that's what we came to do tonight. Amen. Lord, we come together in this place. Lord, we came on mission, on purpose tonight because we desire to lift your name up high. Lord, we honor you. Lord, we're so thankful for what you do in our lives and for your movement upon us for rescuing us, for your love. Lord, although we may come in discouraged at times, we may come in depressed, feel like we're being pressed on all sides, we understand that you have complete authority and we can rest, Lord, in your shadow tonight. We honor you and we give to you. ask that you would bless this offering, bless the giver and bless those that aren't able to give tonight, Father where they may feel your presence. They will come into a deeper relationship with you as we continue, Lord, to follow you wherever you'll lead us. In the name of your son, we pray. Amen. Pastor Ray revealed to us this morning that before time began, that God had a plan of salvation for us. He loved us, warts and all. He loved us. And we know that through time, man has strayed. We've fallen away because we didn't understand just how much God truly loved us. And then he sent his son to die on the cross for us. Rob Blevins, bless his heart, he understands now that Jesus was there all the time for you. All the time. So listen and worship with us as Jerry gives to us. He was there all the time.
search for a faint rainbows in now that I found the answer my life is just starting to a breath of fresh life, but oh, what I've missed, for he was waiting right there all the time. He was there. Don't do this very often, but I feel there's someone here tonight that needs to hear this song again 
They need to know that wherever they are right now, that Jesus has been there all the time. It might be the deepest, darkest valley there is, but he's right there. He's right there. So, Jerry, I'd like for you to just sing it again and let it go this time, brother. Let it go.
Could you enjoy that this evening? There's nothing like singing truth. And that gets down inside your spirit, you know. The Bible says truth will set you free. So you hear some songs and it just makes you feel like you want ice cream. But you hear other songs. You hear a song that has truth in it and it feeds your spirit. It touches you in a deep way, deep down inside you. I thought while they were singing, I thought back over my life. And I thought how many times, Lord, you were there. When I didn't do everything right, when I wasn't making all the right choices I should make, he was still there. He never gave up on me. I said, Jesus never gave up on me, ever. Did he give up on you? No. He doesn't give up. You know, I, amazingly enough, and everything always works together, especially with even the circumstances. As I told you, my... My heart's kind of halfway down I-75 right now. It's right for us as a church that when our family hurts, we hurt. But you know, the message that I prepared for this evening was kind of a continuation of where we were this morning. Just talking about the hope, the anchor that we have in God and I titled it, Present Help. Present Help. And then they sing, He was there all the time. Couldn't be more perfect. So just in a few minutes, I'm going to share with you briefly. I, to be honest with you, if God will allow me, I'm going to jump on the highway as soon as we get done. But what I have is that I definitely know I've got a word that the Lord's given us for tonight in light of the circumstances, the song, the atmosphere that's here tonight. Stand with me for the reading of God's word, Psalm 46, reading down through one through five. Verse one through five. And listen to these words in light of this service tonight. God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Brian, you're, you're very devotion this evening. Everything like a puzzle being put together. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, pause, think about this. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved, God shall help her. And that right early. Could that be any more perfect? Say this with me, verse 1. God is refuge and strength. Say it again. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Father, we ask your blessings on our word. The word tonight, 
your powerful word that speaks to our hearts, touch us tonight by your Holy Spirit and challenge us into a place of deep trust in you. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Because you see, it's important that we understand that God is there, not just in the normal routines of life, the, the times when we feel like we need, you know, a, a pick-me-up. He's not just there for the headaches, although he is there for the headaches. He's not there just for those things, the easy things that could be seen, you know, as one way or another, could be taken care of in one way or another. You could just as easily take care of it through maybe, you know, a doctor's care or something like that. I'm talking, he's a present help in the time of trouble. The kind of trouble he describes as fear. Though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried off into the midst of the sea. He's talking about trouble here. He's not talking about just a, a little stomach problem or, or a little issue with the family at Thanksgiving. He's not talking about little things in life, although he's there for those things too. But God is literally putting us to the test here, and he's saying, I'm a refuge, his word is speaking to us. I am a refuge, and I'm your strength. I'm a very present help in the time of trouble. Cindy, I believe that when Rob took his last breath in the hospital a little over an hour ago and Chris was standing right there, I believe that there was a supernatural power of God there present in the room that began immediately to comfort her spirit. She may not understand everything right now. She may not be able to feel everything right now. But I guarantee you the angels of God encamped round about her and literally staked a claim on her peace. I believe that. If you believe it, say amen. We find help. We find hope. Our hope, our anchor, is in the present help of the Lord. It's comforting to know that God helps us in trouble, not just after trouble. Do you get that? He's the very present help in the time of trouble. He comes to our aid. He's there on the spot, in the moment, when the, when the monitors went haywire and when everybody around didn't know what was going on, God was there, not surprised and not shocked. He was ready. His angels had already been put on call. The mission had already been assigned. Why? There was an entourage of heaven that stood around University Hospital hallways right there. You might not feel it when you're there. You might not see it in your spirit. But I'm telling you, there was a, a complete secret service of God that was showed up that, that's probably still there hanging out in the hallway at University Hospital. You and I don't go through anything alone. The Bible says in Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He's with me. He was there all the time. He's always there. In the times when he's not on my mind, I'm on his mind. He's always a God who is full of compassion. He's a God of present help in the times of our trouble. 
Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled. In other words, though we're in the midst of the storm raging all around us. And how many of us have been there? Perhaps you're there right now. Perhaps you're, you're saying to yourself, man, I'm going through the storm of my life. This has been a year for me. This has been a couple of months for me that has been unbearable and unbelievable. Well, it doesn't matter if the mountains themselves have shaken rattle and rolled and they've literally been cast into the sea. It doesn't matter what kind of trouble you might find yourself in, whether it's the valley or the mountaintop, whether it's the sea or the fires, it doesn't matter. God is the God of your trouble. He's the God of your storm and he'll be there for you. First, you got to be in trouble. For some of us, that's not a difficult place to find ourselves. We find ourselves there all too often. Secondly, in the midst of the trouble, we've got to remember and grab hold of the truth that says God is there. And if people would have a little more faith and understanding and see a little more with spiritual eyes the things going on around them. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah, search for me, look for me. If you search for me with all your heart, you'll what? You'll find me. So many folks look for him in their answer. They're looking for them in their circumstance. They're looking for God in the middle of what they want to see. So sometimes when we're looking for an answer to be a certain way, we won't see when he steps into the circumstance. Because we've got our eyes over here pressed on how we think it ought to be figured out. Then we get disillusioned. Then we get deceived and we get distracted in our spirit and we find ourselves asking the question, the proverbial question, where is God? Well, I think we're about ready for round two, round three. He was there all the time. He was there all the time, waiting patiently. I know in my own life, I can tell you, and you know yourself better than anybody else knows you. And if you're like me, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I remember when God was prodding, pushing, and pulling. I remember when he was gnawing at my spirit. I remember when he was pushing on me, my spirit to try to get me to hear him and to see him and to understand and to follow suit into obedience. I remember when he was like that, and I would turn a deaf ear. I would close my eyes. It's kind of like the little kid who doesn't want to see mom, puts, doesn't want to hear mom, puts fingers in the ears and makes a face. Sometimes we do that as Christians when it doesn't go a certain way. I've learned that God is sovereign. I've learned that there's no chance with God, not to a child of God. There is no luck and no fate. I don't believe in that, not when I belong to God. The Bible says my very steps are ordered. The very heartbeat of my body is monitored by heaven. University Hospital doesn't have anything over on God. God knows every beat of your heart. He knows every breath that you take. He knows the very patterns of your brain. He knows more about you than you know yourself. And God knows how to be the answer that you need. Many people in this house tonight and many people out there that we know, they, they need strength. They're, they're going through. We've heard the horror stories of, of cancer and heart operations and and we've, we've seen the troubles that come. And we understand that life can suddenly, out of nowhere, just stop. Everything can turn. We, we call it, in, somebody in a conversation with me not too long ago talked about the bends in the road. That sometimes, you know, you can be traveling down a path and you think that, that you know, it's, you've got it all figured out. But then all of a sudden in your life, suddenly there will be a sharp turn. 
you've ever driven down in Chattanooga or Cleveland, Tennessee, heading towards uh, Dalton, Georgia, you'll be on a back road, the bypass, and as you get around those mountains there, you can be flying, and I've done this before in my 1971 Maverick, and when I, and this is when I was very young, and when I was driving around the mountain, I came around the corner real sharp, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the road just kind of turns out of nowhere. And boy, you got to slam on your brakes and get ready for it. Sometimes life is like that. You're traveling. You think you got it all figured out. The path is clear in front of you. And then all of a sudden, it takes a twisted turn. That happens. How many has it ever happened to? It's happened to me. I can tell you about twisted turns in my life. But what I've learned with God is that there are no accidents. There is no surprises. God's not shocked, thrown off track, taken, taken by surprise. It can be an accident, unemployment, a, un, a sudden divorce situation. It can be anything. It could be health, sickness. It can be anything that comes down the path for you, something unforeseen. You didn't ask for it. You didn't want it. It can't be postponed. You got to face it. The path in front of you suddenly makes a turn. Now life is moving in a completely different direction. What do you do then? You understand something about God. He was there all the time. He never will leave you nor forsake you forsake you. He will never drop the ball. He will never be out of control of the situations in your life. You can count on him 10 times out of 10 times. Not 9 times out of 10. You might be able to trust other people in your life 5, 6, 7, 8 times out of 10. But God, you can trust him always. And so we've got to learn to walk in a confidence that says, I may not see it. I may not understand it. I may not know what's going on, and I don't know how this road is going to turn out, but I do know this, I will follow you, and I will trust in you, and I will look to you because no, nothing that you ever go through, no bend in the road will God ever let be wasted. God will always make good on the promises in his word, and he says, for we know that all things will work together for the good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. I've also found that the bends in my life always are connected to a divine purpose. You need to hear that again, just like someone needed to get the message tonight. The bends in the road, the turns in your life, God always has a divine purpose for them. I've learned this the hard way. I've learned it through the turns, through the twists, through the ups and the downs. I've learned that in it, I may not like it. The storm clouds may look ugly, and it may look treacherous ahead. But I have found that if I will hold to his unchanging hand, the fact this morning I said it, that he's made promise after promise after promise, and he's a God of character, and he cannot and will not ever lie. And if that is the case, then that's why we can say, like with, with Job, and I, I love the words, I, I read these words, I'll jump ahead to where 
I read them at the funeral for Sister Juanita the, the other day, yesterday. I read this in the opening scripture for her service. And I said in Job chapter 19, verse 23, he said, in spite of all that he'd went through, in spite of all of his questioning, in spite of all that he'd gone through and had to endure, in spite of everything from sickness to death to loss to everything to thievery to everything that had happened in his life, but he knew one thing. He knew, and God knew it too, when he went through it. And you know, sometimes we go through things for others. Sometimes we go through things so that we can benefit others, so we can be an assistant, a help to others, people that you love. I don't know who it was in Job's life. As a matter of fact, it might have been you that Job had to go through some things for. It might have been you and the testimony that would come down through generation and thousands of years that would touch your heart and mine. I don't know how many times he's been quoted. I don't know how many times somebody has pointed out his story. I don't know how many people he's blessed and kept along the way. I seem to remember quite a few downtrodden folks in the midst of despair who said, I feel like I'm going through a Job season in my life. But yet they understood that if I'm going through a Job season, I'm also going to come out like Job did. I'm going to come out blessed. I'm going to come out on top. I'm going to come out a winner, victorious every time because he's there all the time. He's the present help. Present help. Oh, Job wrote that my words were written Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. Oh, that with an iron pen and lead they were engraved in the rock forever. For I know, he said, that my Redeemer lives. And at the last, he will stand upon the earth. And after this old body has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself. And my eyes shall behold him and not another. My heart faints within me. Oh, hold on, child of God. Hold on to the unchanging hand. Hold on to the hand of the master. Hold on to the one that promises you'll get through. And I promise you, you will. The Bible says if you'll endure hardness like a good soldier, you will come through on the other side. There is not one person under the sound of my voice tonight that cannot embrace and hold that promise it's close to your heart. But Lord, you don't know, Pastor, what I'm going through. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know the fire that I'm going through. You don't know the storm that's raging around me. It doesn't matter if it's sickness, if it's hatred, if it's violence, if it's attack. It doesn't matter if it's a terrorism. It doesn't matter if it's the hardest thing you've ever had to face in your life. You don't have bread on the table. You don't have money for the bills. It doesn't matter how hard or how tough or how rotten it is. It might be that you've been affected by depression, discouragement, or maybe you've even gotten yourself trapped in some of the things of this world, the deceiving traps of drugs and alcohol and adulterous in, uh, relationships. It doesn't matter where you are tonight. If long as you turn back to God, in turning back to God, you will find that even in your trouble, even in your crisis, even in your tragedy, even when your mind wasn't on his, his was on you. And he never left you, not one solitary minute. God will not fail you. Sometimes we've got to repent, don't we? Sometimes we have to repent and turn back around and give ourselves back to God because we failed to trust him. My heart faints within me. If there were no hope through Christ, then this would be a terrible place to live. Heard a story about a little girl come home to talk about her mom and 
and the little the, the mom said, well, honey, what'd you learn in Sunday school today? And she said, I learned, mom, that God never has to say oops. Isn't that good? God don't ever have to say oops. Uh-oh. Ooh, didn't see that coming. He never has to do that. I'd never walk down the bridge at Miami Valley or cross over to the parking garage feeling empty and tragically bruised and grieving in my heart because my precious mother had just died. As I walked across that bridge, I felt so alone. I felt like this was one of the worst things in the world. I know you've been through that. But to me, it seemed like no one else could possibly know what I was feeling in that moment. But you know, I've looked back on that time and time again. And although I miss her like crazy and I ache inside from my precious mother, I stood at her graveside just the other day at Thanksgiving before I went to the turkey. Before I went to fellowship with the family, I stopped by Willowview Cemetery and I stood there and stared at her stone and I said, I miss you, Mama. But you know, I sensed and I felt the presence of the Lord and I felt the assurance of the Lord that she was doing just fine. Doing just fine. Because he will never leave you nor forsake you. I've also found out something else was true in my time. I found that he was there for me and my family and my father. He was there for us. And all these years later now, five years later, I, have, I can testify to you that God didn't waste that tragic time in my life, that dark time. He didn't waste it. He used it for good. And there has been so much good come out of it because that's God's character. So we must wait, be patient. God will forge good out of what seems hopeless even what would seem evil to you. God, for the child of God, God will use it for good. It's going to turn around for you. Sarah, it's going to turn around for you. Anna, it's going to turn around for you and for your family. Tragic loss this weekend. Family went up to Michigan to be with their family for Thanksgiving. This was Anna's sister, Christine, right? Christine? Her and her husband were there at mom-in-law's up in Michigan. And in the middle of the night, a fire broke out. And her brother-in-law passed away. And her sister's now in a hospital in a burn unit there in Michigan. We don't understand when the road takes a turn. We don't know what, what, what it's all about. You just buried your mom just a couple of weeks ago. And now this, another bend in the road. But I do know this. I, I don't know what to tell you about the purposes. I don't know what to tell you about the divine plan. I don't understand maybe what, what you're going through or why your family is going through this, why your sister's going through it. I don't always understand, but I do know this. I've looked at the results of trusting and faith in God, and I know that he's going to be there through it all, and he'll turn the situation, no matter how tragic, he'll turn it for good if you hold on to the unchanging hand of God if you won't fail to trust him that's your part now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror but then we shall see face to face now I know only in part then I shall know fully even as I am fully known 
Now we are the children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I'd remind you tonight that Jesus himself understood suffering, that Peter understood suffering, that Paul understood suffering, that the disciples of Jesus following suit in fellowship with the Lord himself, Jesus setting the very course that he asked us to walk down was a road of the Via Della Rosa, the way of suffering. It was absolutely something that we needed to understand when you bowed your knee at Calvary's cross and accepted Christ into your life. You took on a war between that enemy that has enmity against God's man and God's the, the, the woman in the garden. You remember in Genesis chapter 3 I preached this morning how God declared war on that enemy and you and I, we didn't enter a cute little country club situation. We didn't enter a, a neat little membership pass when we got into church. Honey, you need to understand something. You entered into something called spiritual warfare. You entered into a battle and this is something you've got to win and the only way you'll win is by trying in the one who walked ahead of you into the battle and came out victorious, alive, resurrected by the power of God. And you will do the same if you are called to suffering, if you're called to the trial, if you're called to trouble, if you're sitting in it tonight, stand up, take a deep breath, square your shoulders and quit belly aching about your troubles and stand with those saints of God that down through time have come through worse situations than you, sweetheart, and they are standing tonight to testify, he is my Savior, my Deliverer, my Lord, victorious am I because I have trusted in my God. Woo! There is no excuse for not trusting God. There is no excuse for going along your way in disobedience and whining and griping about your situation. Stand up. If it's fire, then stand in the fire. The Hebrew children did. And I know I get really wild up here. I'm telling you, I feel this thing. I feel this all the way to my feet. I feel that you've got to learn to trust him. You're going to be one of them mamby-pamby, wishy-washy Christians walking around, walking around from one trial to the other. You're going to be a bad representative of God who created the heavens and the earth. If you don't get a clue, it's time to stand up, start trusting, and walk in the power that he gives to you. He didn't just keep it to everybody else but you. You are standing in weakness. You are standing in frailty. You are standing in a lack of faith. You are standing griping and whining about where in the world is God and what has he let me get myself into? Honey, stand up tonight in faith and get a hold of yourself and realize he's a God of the mountain. He's a God of the valley. He's God and he's on the throne. He demands nothing less from you than he did the Hebrew children who were thrown in the midst of that fire or Daniel who was thrown in the middle of the den of lions. He has just as much confidence in his abilities and his strength to bring you out as he ever did any of them. Can you hardly, can you hardly imagine what it was like when Daniel announced to the king, Oh, king, live forever. He has, my Lord has come and has shut the lion's mouth. For when the three Hebrew children were dancing around there with a friend in the fire, God will never even let you go through it by yourself. 
when you trust him, when you trust him, but can I put you on notice, a lot of Christians in the church today, perhaps a few of us at Stratford Heights, is not trusting God. You want a Burger King God. You want it your way. You want it your way. You want things your way. You want things to happen just like you think it ought to happen. Well, that ain't working for the good in your life. God's going to call you sometimes through the fire. He's going to call you sometimes through the flood. He's going to call you at times through the hardships and the trials of life. And your job is to obey and submit and to fall on your face humble before him and say, Lord, help me to learn the lessons of my trial. Help me to learn the lesson of the flood and the trial that I'm going through. I know that's hard preaching. That wouldn't be acceptable in many churches. You probably want to change your membership to the first church of whatever. Starting Sunday. You say, that preacher, man, he calls us to too much trust. He's calling, he's, he, he told us we were mamby-pamby. I'm feeling a boldness tonight, so aren't you glad you came out to the house of God? Because you see, I'm going to walk into a hospital room right here. And some of you, the way your faith is, your God, hear me, your God, your God wouldn't stand with a broken-hearted woman down at University Hospital. Your God would never make it. Your God wouldn't stand the test, wouldn't bring the comfort, because you have somehow fancied God of your own passion and desire. But I'm telling you, the God of this word, the God of this word, he's able to walk into every, in any situation. He's able to walk into that hospital tonight and God is not slouching. He's not sorry. He's not sympathetic and feeling like, oh, something went wrong. He walks in there like a gallant warrior and he looks at Chris Blevins and he says, Oh, I'm going to be with you every step of the way. I'm going to camp my angels around you. You're going to be all right. You're going to go through a difficult season, but you're going to come out. And when you come out, you're going to praise me. When you come out, you're going to glorify me. When you come out, you're going to testify to my goodness. And you're going to announce to a world full of darkness that he was there all the time. You're going to tell the world that he was always there and that he never left you. Not one minute did he forsake you, that he was there with you all through every bit of it. That's the testimony that comes to those who trust in the God of this word. I don't know what God you're trusting in. You might be trusting in a very, very weak God. Maybe you've turned your God into a golden calf. One of the most telling things I've ever seen in the word of God, one of the most shameful things I've ever seen is the children of Israel, the people of God, Dancing around the golden calf as Aaron introduced the golden calf as this is Jehovah. This is the God who brought you out of Egypt. They made God. They made him manageable. They melted him down with their treasures. And they formed him. And they put him together in such a way that they could manage him. 
Jesus is not a God of the mountain and a God of the thunder and lightning and the storm. This is not that God of fire and the burning bush. This is not that. We are afraid of that God. I'm afraid to trust him, Moses. I'm afraid to trust him in the midst of this, this storm raging all around that mountain. And they said, no, no, you go up there. You, you hear from him. And while he was gone, they looked to Aaron and they said, you make us a God. It would have been okay if they'd called him the calf God. I might have been like, well, they're just stupid and they just went off the road. And they, you know, they've, they've left their, their brain somewhere. But they had the audacity to introduce that golden calf as here is Jehovah. Here is the God who gave you deliverance from Egypt. They brought him down off the mountain. They brought him down off the throne. And they put him manageably on a podium and formed him for themselves and then danced and worshipped. Did their praise and worship dance. They worshipped and they had a great time and they liked that God because that God they could be in control of. You say, well, I would never do that. Better check yourself. Better check yourself. I'm afraid in the church today, there's a whole lot of calf dancing going on. There's a lot of people that want a manageable God. But that is not the God of the promises and the oath that by these two unchangeable things that he has promised and he has sworn by no other name more powerful than his own. That you and I can trust him from Genesis to Revelation over and over and over again is promise after promise after promise after promise that if you will submit, if you will humble your prideful self, if you will fall down on your knees, God will rise up in you a strength to overcome. And you will not just overcome 90% of the time, but Brother Bud, we will overcome 10 times out of 10 trials. We will always come out on top because that is the promise and he's sworn by an oath that we will come through. You believe that tonight, say amen. So better days are coming. Better days are coming. How do you know that? I, I, I hope that's true. Don't, please understand this. I have said, I have looked at folks and I've said, man, you just need to have confidence. You need to have faith in God. You need to pray, man, God's going to come through. You need to hang on. And they say, well, I hope he does. In a very spiritual way, I want to trip him. <laughs> what do you mean you hope he will? What do you mean you hope he will? Well, I hope he'll come through. Well, I hope he does. I hope he hears me. Well, if he don't hear you, you must not be living right. So if you ain't living right, then, then yeah, you're right. You better say, I hope so. But if you belong to God, 
If you're obedient to God, you're walking in obedience, listening for his voice and seeking his will, not your own. His ways, not your own ways. Seeking for him, you will find him. And if you trust in him and find him like that, I promise you, you're going to come out on top. That is not a hope so. That is an I know so. Stand with me tonight. This is the hope. This is the future. This is for those who will trust in God. Trust in the Lord. Quoted this scripture last Sunday night, and you know it well. You've got it on a plaque you bought in Gatlinburg. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. What about that do we not get? In other words, God is saying to you tonight, he's saying, stop leaning on your own rationale. Stop trying to figure it all out. Quit trying to work it out your own way. Quit making demands on God. Quit making demands on your circumstance. Trust in the Lord with all of your hearts. Don't lean on your own thinking. Your thinking's wrong. Wow. Someone under the sound of my voice, the Holy Spirit just brought that right home to me as soon as I said it. I felt a check in my spirit like fire. You see, you've been in control. You've been managing it on your own. You think you're right. But I'm here to tell you under the authority of God's anointing that I feel in this house tonight, someone in here needs to hear this. You, surprise, you are wrong. Boy, I feel the Holy Spirit. You are wrong. Your thinking is wrong. Your actions are wrong. The way you've been trying to figure it out, it's wrong. And don't sit there tonight if you're, you're going, oh my gosh, is it me? Is it me? Oh Lord, is it me? Don't, get, don't let the devil attack you with paranoia. As a matter of fact, you already know who you are. You already know who you are. You know the wrong thinking. You know the wrong actions. You know the wrong things that you have been doing and you have been thinking and you've been demanding. Who in the world am I speaking to? Goodness gracious. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding because you're wrong. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Give it back to him. Repent and give it back to him. Unless, of course, you want to stay in trouble. Maybe you want to stay there. Maybe you like it. You know, Brian, I've, some people, you take away their trouble, they don't have nothing to talk about. I've literally met people that if, they, if God were to heal them, They'd close up in depression and go home and shut the blinds because they wouldn't have anything to gripe about or complain or talk about. They wouldn't have a life if they didn't have trouble. Now, I'm not talking about those who have, I've, I've seen and I've talked to that have gone through serious troubles. I'm not talking about attacks of the enemy. I'm not talking about that. But I'm telling you tonight, we need to acknowledge, repent, and turn things over to God. 
He will be that ever-present help, refuge in the time of trouble. And he will hold true to his word. And he will come through for you. He will come through for you. But his way, not your way. Did you hear me? His way, not your way. Repent. I'm speaking to someone tonight. It's going to be his way, not your way. Repent. Your life will change starting tonight if you'll do that. Your circumstances will change tonight if you'll do that. You'll see the sun shine again on your circumstance tonight if you will only heed the word of the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Do you need to trust him tonight? Do you need to trust the Lord with your heart, your soul? Do you need to make a decision for him tonight? Are you lost? Feel lost? You know you're, you're sinful. You, you've failed God. You've come short of the glory. And, and you know you need him as your Savior. If you're here tonight and you need Jesus, I want you to slip your hand up and right back down. We're going to pray a prayer that receive the Lord into our life tonight. Are you here? I want to give you the opportunity if you're here. All right. I'm going to assume that if you're here on a Sunday night, you probably already got that relationship. But what you also need, children of God, is a complete confidence and trust in Jesus. You need to stop doing it your own way. You need to trust the Lord with your circumstances. And it will change. I know I've preached difficult and hard tonight, but I promise it's for your good. It's for, it's to set you free. It's to bring a brand new breath of fresh air to your circumstances. It'll change tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, if you're here tonight, you need to trust the Lord more. Some of you need to trust him for small things, littler things perhaps, but some of you need to trust him for the trials and the troubles, the big things. I want everyone that will to get out from where you are and to meet me in this altar. I want you to just find you a spot somewhere and, and just give every bit of that back to him, a personal time, a prayer time where you can literally just pour your heart out to the Lord. Give him the troubles. Give him those trials. Give him those things you're trying to work out on your own. Let him be a God of your present trouble. He'll come through for you. Come believing and having faith tonight. Dreams whereof make glad the city of our God. There is a river, the streams whereof make glad the city of our God. I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad. I will rejoice. I will rejoice 
is a fountain full of grace, and it flows from Emmanuel's veins. It came and it healed me, came and it filled me, it came and washed all my sins away. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be There is a river, streams whereof make glad the city of our God. There is a river, streams whereof make glad the city of our God. I will rejoice, I will rejoice, and be glad. I will rejoice, I will rejoice, and be rejoicing. Again, I say rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice in the Lord, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be. I will rejoice, I will rejoice, and be I know him by name. 
Please continue to pray. Everybody can keep praying. I think it's always amazing that, you know, the pastor talks about how, you know, God is confronting us. And, you know, tonight is some of it's directed, you know, it's in our face. But it's amazing how God works because he has the ability to be that way, but do it in a loving way. God is always looking to pull us in, not push us away. And God is so beautiful and so faithful that way. He's just awesome. We praise him when we honor him tonight. If you'll stand, the pastor has left. He is on his way to the hospital, as he said he would. And uh, we want to pray again for that family. We want to pray for you that God will be with you this week as you leave here. Continue to meditate on what the pastor shared and let God move in you and use the message. Share it with the people that are you're around this week. Bless them and love them. And let's be the church. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you and we honor you for your faithfulness. God, you love us enough to confront us and to meet us right where we are. You love us so much. You pull us in and you touch our hearts and you love us and you care for us like that. We just appreciate that and thank you for being a loving and caring and wonderful God. You're so amazing and you're so awesome and we love you. God, we pray that you would be with the family, the Blevins family tonight. Be with all of them as they have encountered this loss. God, we just pray that you would watch over them and bless them. And God, we know that you're visiting them with hope even right now and strength. So we just pray that your will is continued to be accomplished there in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray that you would go with us as a church, that we would be blessed. God, that we know you, that we have a relationship with you. And God, help us to let that relationship pour out of us everywhere we go and everything we do. God, anoint us and use us as your people. In Jesus' name, we honor you and thank you. Amen and amen. You're not necessarily dismissed, but take your liberty. You can leave. We love you. We'll see you this week.